And joining us now is a former basketball star from UNC, Al Wood. He set scoring records in the ACC and NCAA. He made the 1980 U.S. men's Olympic basketball team and became the fourth player picked in the first round of the 1981 NBA draft. He spent six seasons in the league. Since then, he has been a speaker and a minister, encouraging and inspiring young people specifically. His website is yesyoucaninc.com. Al, thanks so much for joining us here on Unpacking It. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Great time of the year, and it's a pleasure to be here. Oh, absolutely. So, so of course, it, it's March Madness, and, and so h- how much do you still enjoy the game, watching the, this generation of, of basketball, and, and, and how excited are you for this time of year? Oh, I, I watch a lot of college basketball. I watch a lot of pro basketball as well, but I really get into the college basketball game. I, I'm real good friends with Roy Williams. Roy uh, came to the University of North Carolina at the same time that I did in 1977-78. So we've been friends for a long time. So I keep up with all of his teams, even when he was in Kansas. Very cool. So so knowing both levels of basketball and keeping an eye on, on both, specifically, what is your perspective on the current landscape of college basketball? And, and what do you like about it? And, and maybe what are some of your concerns with you know, some of the, the, the one-and-dones and, and some of the big issues that, that the, the sport faces? Well, I mean, currently, I think the, the NCAA is wide open. Uh, actually, this year, I mean, that could be 12 teams that can actually win the uh, NCAA championship. It's just a matter of which team is going to get hot at the right time. And as far as uh, the college basketball in itself, um, you know, you're going to always have some people that's not going to be happy, you know, with the one-and-done situation. I mean, I love the sport. I'm a fan now. Obviously, I'm not playing, so I'm a big fan. So I love to see the guys stay in school a little longer and develop. I always think about Tim Duncan. I, he's, the, he's the guy who I think about more than anybody because, you know, he was a good player when he uh, got to Wake Forest. But by the time he left Wake Forest, he was a great player. And he really developed. But then on the other hand, I understand guys who are – in a situation where they have the opportunity to make a lot of money, to make a huge difference in their family. So I can't blame those guys for going for that as well. Very true. Al Wood, our guest right now on Unpacking It. And and so you chose to, to play your college basketball at, at UNC and, and even looking at how much you grew from your freshman year to senior year. What was that personal experience like for you? Well, just the opportunity to play for the great Dean Smith uh, was just amazing in itself. Uh, also, I got a chance to play one year with Phil Ford, who I consider still, you know, probably one of the top three-point guards to ever play in uh, the ACC for sure. Mm. And uh, I had to play with some other great guys, Michael Corn, Dudley Bradley, James Worthy, Matt Doherty, and uh, Sam Perkins, and so Jimmy Black as well. So I had the opportunity to play with some real outstanding players and that's what you need in order to be successful. We had four great years. You didn't have as many teams getting a bid to the NCAA, so it was very, very important that you played well during the regular season because you didn't know if you were going to get in or not. Mm. So we was fortunate. Our first three years, we got beat in the first round. So my senior year, we made it all the way to the championship game. So uh, that's something that I remember and cherish for the rest of my life. Absolutely. And so even as you kind of look back at your, your time at UNC, how much did going to UNC impact the rest of your life and even who you are today? Well, it impacted me 
uh, tremendously uh, just going to UNC and again with all the great players that had played at UNC before I got there uh, they have a tremendous uh, family the Carolina family as we call it all of those guys always came back and they uh, participate in the summertime and before they would go to camp uh, in the NBA uh, the upcoming seasons they would come and get in shape and play ball there so you got a chance to get a good dose of uh, what to, to what to expect uh, when it comes to guys playing in the NBA, how tough it was. It was very, very difficult. Somewhat of what you can expect and what you need to do in order to get prepared for it. And also just the idea of playing for Dean Smith. Uh, he was a way more than a coach. He was a guy that really uh, did his best to prepare all of us for life after basketball and uh I think he, he did a great job, and uh, so many guys are, and a lot of other people are reaping the benefits of the things that he had sown into our lives during that time. I'm sure you get asked about Dean Smith all the time and, and the impact that he's, he's had on your, your life, but, but what was maybe the, 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 the one key aspect to your relationship with him that, that, that carries on the most? Well, for me, uh, personally, he recruited all different type of guys. I mean, he recruited guys who was from, you know, an affluent household uh, family. Uh, he recruited guys who had single parents. I mean, he recruited black guys, white guys. He recruited, you know, pretty much everybody. Mm. But the thing that has to happen is once everybody get together, everybody wasn't raised uh, the same. They was raised differently. So everybody have to buy into this idea that uh, he has a plan for us to be successful. So everyone has to buy into that plan. Because if everybody don't buy into that plan, then it won't work. Mm. So he had to be had to be a way for all of us to get along with each other. Um, you know, I'm a guy from Georgia, coming from a real small town, uh, hadn't really been exposed to a whole lot at that particular time. So, and here I am playing with a guy from Jersey City, uh, New Jersey, Michael Corn, mm. a guy from Euclid, Ohio. So you had all different types of people that was coming together, and it was a challenge to get everybody on the same page, but. In his own way, he was able to do that and to uh, allow us to be ourselves all at the same time. Uh, that, that's a great perspective. Al Wood, our guest right now, former UNC basketball star, uh, with us here on Unpacking It. So along those lines as well, uh, when you look at your alma mater, UNC, and, and their chances at a, at a championship run, what, what do you like about this team and, and their ability to, to go far in this tournament? And, and are there any maybe weaknesses that, that you might see? Well, the thing that I like the most about this particular team is they have three seniors. Yeah. Uh, the landscape of college basketball nowadays is very seldom do you see a team with three seniors that they all play. And this particular North Carolina team, we have three seniors, and all three seniors get a chance to, to get uh, quite a few minutes. And also, uh, this particular team has uh, some pretty good shooters. If we don't turn the ball over and we're able to make our free throws, I'm just going to go on the assumption that we're going to shoot the ball well because we shot the ball well all year long. That's how we was able to get a number one seed. I think this team has as good a chance as everybody else. We need to stay healthy. Uh, as you know, uh, staying healthy is an absolute uh, very, very big issue when it comes down to the NCAA at this time of the year. So we need to stay healthy. We stay healthy from this point on. We make our free throws, and we don't turn the ball over. Very strong. Al Wood, former UNC basketball star, with us on Unpacking It. And uh, what an awesome time of year. And, and great to, to talk college basketball with, with a legend in, in Al Wood. And, 
and, and Al, even going beyond uh, basketball, let, let, let's talk a little bit just about your life and, and, and the, the personal side of things as well. And, and so you're a, you're a speaker and, and have been for a while with, with a real heart to reach young people, especially regarding the, the dangers of underage drinking and bullying and, and the importance of, of having a plan for, for their future. So, so where does that, that passion stem from for you? Well, it, it's extend from uh, my upbringing, really. Uh, I, I came from a, I guess what you would call a early on a dysfunctional family. And mm-hmm. I say early on because eventually I got adopted and I moved in with my grandmother and my auntie. Uh, Adele Gray was my auntie. Annabelle Finney was my grandmother. And they gave us a very stable uh, household. Mm-hmm. And, and to come up in that household, you know, I learned a lot of things and but still, there was no male in the household. Mm-hmm. Anytime you have a household where there's no male as a uh, you know, father figure, something is missing because the mother, grandmother can do all that she, they possibly can do. But it's something that God put within a man to be in the household that it can't be replaced. Mm-hmm. And so I, I didn't come up with that. So I, I, I sort of clinged on to certain people in the neighborhood or in the community that I looked up to as mentors as far as males go. And I had a mother that uh, really struggled with addiction. Mm. And uh, so that was very, very difficult for all of us. I had three brothers and one sister. And as my mother struggled with addiction, uh, I didn't realize that potentially I could struggle with the same thing at that time because I was so focused into basketball and doing without doing my thing that the last thing on my mind that that was a possibility that that I could become an alcoholic as well. Mm. So, so you end up uh, struggling with it and becoming a, a major issue in your life. At, at what point did your your faith enter the, the the conversation, and and then what role did did God play in your life to really heal you and and help you overcome your addiction? It was a situation where I was out of basketball, and once I got out of basketball, I had a lot of time on my hand, mm. and having all that time on my hand and just really being somewhat depressed because I left basketball way earlier than I ever imagined mm. that I would be out of the NBA. Mm. So now I'm out of the NBA and I have a lot of time on my hands. So I began to uh, drink, you know, in my own way, was fighting my own demons. And eventually it got to the point where we don't have time to get into it today, but a lot of different things occur. A lot of different things happened in my life. I had gotten married had two kids and I got to the point when I looked in the mirror, I didn't like the person that I was looking at. So as as that happened, you know, I made some phone calls, spoke to a guy by the name of John Lotz, who was an assistant athletic director at the university of North Carolina. Mm. And John was the person that really helped me besides coach Smith to get me on the right path. And at that point I I began to have to get some clarity, get some understanding and uh, just made a rededication of my life to the Lord which is a sign of strength, not weakness. That's mm. what that really is, a sign of strength. And uh admitted that I had a problem. And once I did that, I, I got on the road to recovery in 1989. And by the grace of God, I've been on that road to recovery until this very day. Amen. Oh, I love it. Al Wood, our guest right now on Unpacking It. And and, and so cool and encouraging to, to just to hear the, the recovery process. And so, here you are the, the last couple of decades, you know, being open about your your story and, and, and wanting to, to help others. And, and I'm curious, too, just what are your thoughts on today's culture and, and kind of the view of 
alcohol and drinking and and just the the whole culture that surrounds it and how important it is to to really speak to to young children to understand before they're even exposed to it and, and kind of go into it full full throttle. So, so what's, what's just kind of your, your overall perspective on all of that? Well, for the young people today, it is very difficult. Don't make no mistake about it. I don't speak in terms of you shouldn't just do this or this is something you just have to say no to. It. It's very difficult for young people today. They're, they are exposed to so many different things. They see so many different things. And the thing that um, what I try to do along with my team is I want to educate you, but I want to give you a good education mm. because you can get an education and it'd be a bad education, mm. and which means that you make bad decisions. So what we want to do is we want to make sure we educate you and you get the facts. And I've done a number of things with Joe Gibbs and uh, Game Plan for Life, uh, Ronaldo Wynn, who played football at Notre Dame, and he played also for the Washington Redskins oh, yeah. and the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. And uh, I do a lot of work with him as well. And what we try to do is let young people realize and help young people to know is you need a plan. You have you need a game plan for what you want to do. And does that mean it will pan out the way you envision it? It may or it may not. But nevertheless, if it does not pan out, that's not the end of the world. You can go to game plan number two. But you need to have a plan, and you need to have a plan based on the right information. And that's what we try to do, give you the right information and help you get started on a good game plan that will help you be successful and feel good about yourself later on in life. Absolutely. So important. Al Wood, our guest right now on Unpacking It, former basketball star from UNC. And, and so as you kind of look back at, at, at your life and your own game plan, what, what has it been like for you to really – like you mentioned, surrender, rely on the Lord, and and really seek His guidance for for your life. How how has that that played out for you personally? Well, for for one thing, um, I, I don't think that you can really really feel great about yourself, or you can really uh, feel good about where you're going, unless you're really led. Uh, uh, it has to be some spirituality there, mm. and Jesus Christ for me is the the. Uh, you know, he's the way, truly, he's the way, the truth, and the life. So Amen. I, I completely rely on that, and I try to uh, share that with other people, too, because when I was doing all the things that I was doing, I didn't want to do a lot of those things. Hmm. And I knew a lot of things that I was doing was were not really good things, and they weren't things that, that showed good character. But nevertheless, there was something within me that was pulling me in one direction. There was something within me that was pulling me in a different direction. And so now I, I, I come to realize that it was the, what they call the Holy Spirit that was really tugging at me. Mm-hmm. Because as a child, I had made that commitment to give my life to the Lord, but I had backslid and I had gotten completely away from it. Mm-hmm. So once I realized that through education, teaching, reading the Bible, going to AA meetings, going to church, uh, hooking up with the right people, spending time with the right people, and once all those things, it's not necessarily just one thing uh, in terms of the things I just mentioned. The, the one central thing in all that is Jesus Christ. Amen. But nevertheless, you have to still surround yourself with a lot of people that can help guide you in the right direction. And that's what I was able to do. So strong. Al Wood with us here on Unpacking It. And, and kind of a final thought as we, uh, as we wrap things up. What what has God been teaching you recently? What what's been on your your heart most recently? Things that you've maybe just been thinking about more often, or or learning and and growing. 
Well, the thing that I want to do is we have a, a really uh, a great program here. in uh, We're doing it in Salisbury, North Carolina, with a guy by the name of Terry Osborne and a guy by the name of Chris Sifford. Uh, they've really uh, been great uh, friends to me, and, and we uh, feel like we have something that's really going to impact not only the state of North Carolina, but the entire United States. And what we really want to do, what the Lord has really been uh, showing me is that what we're doing in Salisbury is something that really needs to be done nationwide. We need to educate young people and help them realize we're not saying uh, to everybody don't drink. That's not what we're saying. Mm. That's not the story. The story is if you are young and you're underage, you should not drink. Number one, you're not physically ready for it. Mm. You're not mentally ready for it. Your body is not ready for it. You are still developing. And if you make a decision to do that, you're going to hinder your growth. And we want you to be all that you can be. And we want you to be the very best that you can be. We've been through it. We've seen it. We know what's on the other side of the door. And we're trying to help you not make the same mistakes that we made. So important. Well, we'll keep it up. That's a, that's a great message. And, and, and wish you the best in, in getting that going and, and, and even spreading that, that message across the, the country. Absolutely. So uh, people can check out your website, yesyoucaninc.com. He's Al Wood, former basketball star from UNC. Really appreciate you being a part of the show today. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. Al Wood joining us here on Unpacking It.